Welcome to another installment of the Evolution Exchange podcast. Today, I'm joined by Razvan, Kim, Aspion, and Demir to discuss the topic going from individual contributor to leadership maestro. Before we delve deeper into the topic, let's work our way around the room with some introductions. Kim, it's over to you to kick us off. Well, thanks uh, for having me, Sam. As always, it's a pleasure to be here to speak about uh, something so interesting. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, my name is Kim. It's Kjuskulvinike, that's my last name, and I'm working as head of IT development at Wideway Group. And from December 1st, I'll be moving and taking up a position as senior manager at Bank Data. So I started up many years ago as a software engineer back in, I think, 20, 2001. Uh, and a few years later, I was asked to to lead my first team. So ever since then, I've been leading projects, teams, teams of teams, just basically striving to be the best leader I can be. Um, I believe that the best results are achieved when I bring a good team together and lead them to discover a clear and compelling vision and then follow up with great expectations. I'm very excited to be here today with this great panel. Uh, I'm sure I'm going to learn a lot from from the discussions today with uh, Raswan, Damir and Ashbjorn. Thank you, Kim. And it's really great to have you back on the podcast. Uh, I know it's not your first time or first radio, as it were. Raswan, over to you. Tell us who you are. Thanks, Sam. Um, and uh, yeah, really, really happy to be here on this podcast. Mm. Um, my name is Raswan Akimescu. Um, I'm... Um, I'm uh, currently a senior director of engineering at Wunderman um, at Thompson Map. It's one of the leading digital customer experience consultancy agencies in the world, working with you know uh, really big age, uh, companies um, uh, out there, um, and um, been with the company for a little bit over a decade. And currently, I'm responsible for a globally distributed and very international team of architects, application consultants, developers, technical project managers, and uh, data insights engineers and scientists uh, spread across uh, Europe, Canada, and the US. So um, quite diverse. Um, and um, started uh, back in 2016 as a manager in, in the company uh, with a small team and uh, currently responsible for um, a team of around 60 people. Born and raised in Romania um, and um, and um, moved to, to Copenhagen where I studied uh, at Aachen University for my uh, master's program. Thank you, Rasvan. Real pleasure having you on today. Demir, over to you next. Thank you, Sam. And thank you for inviting me. My name is Demir. I'm working as head of uh, UX in our issuing services at uh, Maxi. I've been in um, in my current role for for almost two years. Um, I'm responsible for um, for a team of uh, of four um, that includes researcher and uh, and UX designers. Prior to this, I've I've been in several other roles in uh, in uh, in Maxi. Um, but this is the first one where I sort of am uh, a people manager. And yeah, I'm joining the podcast today to, to sort of exchange experiences with, uh, with with fellow peers that are sort of working in uh, in a similar role and, and hopefully be inspired and um, and learn something new. Thank you, Demir. Again, real pleasure to have you on for the first time. Last but not least, Aspion, over to you. Hello, guys. My name is Aspion. Um I'm working as head of development in uh, a company called Velos IoT. Uh, I've been in that role for one and a half years now. 
Um, I've had direct reports for the past uh, five years, but uh, during my kind of 20 year career in uh, telecom, I have uh, had project management, team lead, scrum master, product owner roles uh, through it all. Uh, so a lot of process facilitation team leads, uh, but the um, kind of scenario of having uh, direct reports is fairly new to me, and I'm still finding uh, kind of my legs in uh, in that role. Yeah, so 20 years in uh, in telecom, six seven years of that as a consultant, mostly in telecom, but also in banking. Uh, I've uh, had a short kind of interaction with uh, Kim while he was a CTO in Super B Mobile, so uh, I had kind of that reference going into the uh, to the podcast. This is my first time in a professional podcast, so this is also a new experience for me. So that's one of the reasons why I'm here is also to try new things and meet new people and, uh, and networking. So that's very short about uh, kind of me and my uh, career and why I'm here. Thank you, Aspian. Yeah, it's really great that we're able to, to be the first podcast that you're doing on a professional basis as well. Hi, everyone. This is Chris Bennett here, the Nordics Managing Director here at Evolution. We're committed to doing recruitment in a different way that adds value to both our clients and candidates by providing you with amazing speakers and leading edge discussions on what's going on in the tech scene at the moment. There are three reasons why you should contact me. If you would like to speak on a future podcast, if you are interested in hiring awesome tech data, product or gaming freelancers for your business, or if you are looking for an exciting new organization to work with, please get in touch. Thank you so much for listening and I really hope to hear from you soon. Please enjoy the rest of the podcast. Okay, guys. Well, now that we have uh, established context around each of you, we can move on to the topic and focus. You all have a question or a statement around going from, you know, an individual contributor to leadership role. And as usual, we'll work our way around the room to pose your questions and the reasons behind it. So each of you then will have an opportunity to give your take on the situation. We're starting with Kim's question. And he wants to know what are the main challenges when transitioning from individual contributor to leader? I'm going to come to you first, Kim, to give us your thoughts behind this question. Well, thanks, uh, Sam. Uh, the thoughts behind the question was to try to pose a little bit of an open question that allowed, uh, you know, each of these uh, interesting uh, contributors here to to talk about things that were passionate to them. Because, uh, well, I'm 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 here to learn. Uh, to me, uh, this whole thing of of transitioning from an individual contributor to a leader. You know, I, I, I work with engineers and engineers fix problems and build stuff. And and with 24 hours a day, it's, uh, you know, that doesn't scale. So becoming a leader to me means scaling, enabling others to fix problems and, and build stuff instead. And and just like with any engineering endeavor, uh, the scaling is where the complexity comes in. So so that's that's kind of, uh, you know, what I'm what I'm excited about uh, hearing uh, what what kind of, of, of obstacles and and challenges uh, do the different uh, contributors uh, see in that? Fantastic. And Razvan, you have the pleasure of going first for this one. All right. Um, well, thinking about the, the main challenges, I mean, there's definitely a lot of challenges. <laughs> I, I can start by saying that. But probably for me, uh, one of the main challenges was actually um, learning to let go of being an individual contributor. 
being an individual contributor is something you learn quite well to be you learn the the values you you know you know the game of being an individual contributor that that's the game you learn to start with and then letting go of that when you are successful when you are a successful individual contributor is quite a challenge so for me uh, personally that that was number one challenge uh to learn of letting go and then basically learning how to influence to drive success through others um, so that's basically, I would say, for me, number one challenge. Um, number two challenge, I would say, is learning how to be best at delegating. Um, and it's something that even after all these years, still learning uh, how to do, how to be really good at at, at doing um, a, a good delegation exercise. Um, and you know, there's, there's always something. You know, it, it was quite quite an exercise for me in the very beginning to learn how to do it properly. And then learning, for example, you know what, it's all right to delegate, even if it's only 70% as good as you could do it. You know, that could be something you can tell yourself and then being like, that's good, then you can delegate it, somebody else can do it. Um, or, um, yeah, so that was uh, the second one. I can see Asgren has probably can, quite can, can we Can we interrupt here? So I think um, uh, yeah, you said that... Um, I think what I'm I'm trying to uh, to ask here is how have you learned that? So you're saying okay, you need to uh, learn how to delegate. You need to learn how to not be the uh, single contributor. Uh, but how did you learn uh, uh, kind of the, the the leadership? How did how did you fail? <laughs> how did you uh, figure out uh, what was the things that you were not good at in uh, in that new position? Uh, because the other these uh, delegation these are more kind of technical process oriented and then you look at yourself uh, and say okay how am i going to uh, uh, to learn uh, this new role i know it was a bit fluffy because some of it is technical uh, process oriented and something is is personal uh, as well well maybe what i can say is that i even learned the hard way by becoming a bottleneck that's basically when, uh, you know, I had to say, you know what, I really have to learn how to delegate. Um, then secondly, I would say is I tried to delegate, but I was not really good at delegating. And then it boomerang back to me. Uh, so then I had to learn how to better delegate by being more clear on communicating, for example, or setting proper expectations, taking the time that is needed to 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 talk with the, the, the people that are going to be delegated to in the task. Um, so I burned myself, you know, in, in examples like that, that then kind of forced me how to learn to, to be better at delegating. And then maybe if I could also say it's, um, Kim had a good point. It, it, I also, you know, wanted to become a leader to be able to scale and, 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 and help with more things on, on a company level. And then realizing that if I don't learn how to, how to delegate, I lose an opportunities of be able to make an impact and influence change or influence or putting sometimes I'm saying putting my fingerprint into the DNA of the company. Um, so I would have missed on opportunities to do that if I would have not learned what to delegate uh, to make room for the next new thing. Thank you, Rasman. Demir, have you got anything to add on top of that? Yes, so um, so, so when thinking about the, the main challenge that, that, that I faced uh, these, uh, these past two years, I, I would say, um, is uh, when I got the offer the role and accepted it two months after or something like that, both my manager and, and his manager stopped. We had a big organizational 
sort of change in the in the company. So all of these sort of plans that uh, that we have for me, how to sort of onboard uh, me to the role, because I this was to be my first time went went out of the window. So 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 I needed to figure out stuff on my own uh, in in a in a fairly large uh, large company that uh, that Nexi is. Um, that was sort of one concrete example of uh, of a challenge. And uh, as I mentioned, we are a small team, so I still work as sort of hands-on designer as well. Um, and I think uh, it's it's challenging that you in 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 a one week course could uh, need to to be very detailed hands on uh, some of the stuff and then uh, maybe in in same day <laughs> need to talk about strategy and 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 how to uh, yeah do that kind of work and then thirdly maybe manage people uh, and and have one to ones and so forth so um, that's that's sort of a second uh, second challenge i would say is is constantly shift focus um during during the week uh basically it's it's hard to plan a week say i'll i'll only do management or i'll only do uh detailed design work in 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 my case and there's a question from uh, as yeah you, you mentioned learning to do one-on-ones and and i remember that was one of my challenges as well and and i i know all the bad things I've done. <laughs> I was curious <laughs> to learn from uh, from your experience. What the things did you learn as like this doesn't work in a one on one or this approach is not good for a one on one? What were your learnings? I think uh, I think we have a, a fairly good sort of description like from from the company how these um, these one to ones work uh, at least where I work. Uh, so so I I actually got some some help from from HR. Um, all from how often uh, we should we should have them uh, that uh, um, how you handle like um, like some people would like to have it every week some uh, once a month sometimes it's just uh, like a coffee break and sometimes it needs more structure so it, I would say one thing that I learned is is to listen to to the people that you have to talk to and, and trying to learn what works best for them some of them will 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 have the whole agenda prepared and some you would need to sort of um, sort of push uh, push a bit to to do so um, very specific for in terms of who you talk to I would say I think that's a that's a good point I mean uh, I had some uh, recent uh, experience with the one-on-one so I'm I I'm, I have uh, 28 reports at uh, Waterway, so that's that's a little uh, a little much, uh, a lot of of one-on-ones, and uh, I thought now I I need to become really good at this stuff. So I I googled it. I found all of these like uh, the killer five questions to ask at every one-on-one, and you know, this is how a tech startup succeed with uh, these specific questions. And I even asked the uh, Chat GPT to give me give me an agenda. Um. And I, I tried all this stuff out, and it honestly it didn't really work uh, too well. Uh, I found out that what works for me is uh, to focus on uh, the tasks. So that doesn't mean, you know, bringing a stick to the meeting and and punishing the ones that don't deliver on their tasks. But it means starting out talking about what is comfortable to the to the individual contributors, right? So in my case, it's engineers. So I start out by, you know, I, I, I know what they're working on because I noted that 
is last time I talked to them, and I also talked to other people they work with. So start out by asking what they work on and how that's going, and then I take it from there. So I don't have these specific questions about how are you doing and and uh, what is your uh, uh, satisfaction uh, level from one to five and all this stuff. Uh, are, you, are you happy in life? I, I just go for the tasks and then when they start talking about what they're doing and, 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 and how that's going, then I can hear from them if if they have any concerns and then I dive into them from there. Anyway, that's that's what works for me. Rasman? Um, um, you, you mentioned 28 direct reports and that's quite a number. Um, we 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 try to apply a rule in in the company to try to to minimize the amount of direct reports and the main reason for that is to be able to get to know the people better um and then being more personal closer uh to each of the individuals so i'm very curious because it's i suppose it's quite quite a task at hand to manage 28 people how, what is your secret and and maybe you know some of the mistakes and and the learnings you, you got out of all that of managing 28 people like direct reports well Rasan, um i think Aspian's gonna come up with a question that uh, relates to failing uh, at something uh, later on and i i, I think uh, i might uh, circle back and talk a little bit about the some things where i think i could have done better and i'll probably talk about 28 reports back then Sounds good. Awesome, guys. Aspion, over to you. Have you got anything to add? Uh, some of the main challenges from your journey? Yeah. Um, well, this uh, failing bit, that's um, quite in my mind um, of, of how you categorize that. But at least you need to be comfortable at failing. And I feel I do that every day. But then the um, kind of art of it is to categorize how you fail and how you learn from uh, from that, because you don't uh, you don't fail in a way where stuff is broken. You fail in a way where I said, okay, at this communication point, I could have done that better. So you do that next time. So is that that slight uh, uh, categorization of of how you meet the world and how they interact with you, and then uh, then kind of yeah. Uh, looking at that, uh, on on that, um, I need for myself learn that I'm not gonna be able to do everything. So I have like a way of working every day. I do a scrum board uh, every day, every morning. Go and uh, and have these are the meetings. So I take from the calendar in. I have my backlog, and then I have all the stuff there. And then uh, I work through that, and I'm not gonna do everything and I'm not going to uh, meet everybody's expectation. Uh, and that is one of the learnings I've uh, done here uh, to live with that. So live with prioritization and be able to uh, say to people, no, yeah, this is not going to be today. This is going to be tomorrow. Um, I think uh, one of the other uh, panel members here said this about figuring out your, your role and not doing uh, too many things. Now, I, I'm deep in that hole uh, today. So I uh, also from who I am, I look at where are we missing certain roles in my company, which means that uh, one is head of development. So I'm responsible for the direct reports that I have and the organization and the services that we provide to the wider organization. Uh, 
but I also say, okay, this team needs a scrum master role, so I perform that when needed. Then I put it into the backlog. Okay, we need to solve that organizational problem, otherwise we'll, it's not sustainable. Uh, I sometimes take a product owner role, release manager, and so on, besides being the uh, the head of development. So I'm very much ingrained in the uh, operations of the uh, of the company as it's uh, as it's running now uh, so that's still a challenge <laughs> to be able to uh, uh, and i think that's what i'm starting to realize now how important it is to build an organization for to uh, support that sustainability and not kind of kill yourself in uh, in the amount of work that uh, that there is uh, so trying to realize what is your dream organization and how do you then transition from this, which is not sustainable to what is sustainable, which is kind of the transition that I'm, uh, I'm doing now. Um, so kind of going back, I think um, I transitioned into a management role with the uh, direct reports uh, there. And it was not by choice uh, at that point. It was because our company was uh, uh, was acquired by Jersey Telecom. And we went from a very flat Danish culture. Well, that was my experience anyway, uh, where we had very few in management roles. So I was reporting to the, uh, to the CTO at that point. Uh, to a uh, more international English uh, hierarchical uh, structure in the company where the team leads were then uh, changed from being a um, more uh, functional uh, uh, role to being a, uh, a people manager. So it was SED, you always have a choice, but that was imposed on the entire organization and now we are working that way. Uh, and from that comes that, uh, <laughs> sorry, I was uh, sidetracked by the uh, chat message, uh, that you find when organizations change, and now I'm not saying organizations change, I'm saying when uh, org charts change, you are then uh, left with, uh, in many cases, people falling between chairs, not knowing what is my responsibility at that point. Because organizations, uh, charts change doesn't mean that the organization and culture changes. And I think that was one of, at least one of my um, challenges was that uh, people who were my peers now reported to me, which meant that I now had a um, uh, direct influence in uh, uh, salary, bonus, uh, performance reviews, and making that transition, I think, is uh, has been uh, tremendously difficult both for me and the organization that uh, that we are in. Uh, as Kim said, how do you do a one-on-one, uh, -on -one, or how do you actually do a performance review, with, which is a one-on-one -on -one, uh, plus a rating that might uh, have impact uh, further down the line? So you are now impacting people's lives in a in quite a different way. Mm. Um, I've had, and in that in that same vein, when you have someone who is uh, who goes from being a peer you've worked with for ten, maybe fifteen years, who now reports to you, that dynamic that changes very slowly. So that uh, yeah, so that that I think is uh, was one of the main challenges is actually 
carving out that uh, that new structure and and mandate in the uh, in the company um, uh, at least that was uh, uh, for me okay uh, back to you Sam. That's that's super interesting, Espion. That's a really good point. Um, Thanks for all of the interesting insight into uh, this question. I think it really spawned the kind of of input I I, I was uh, hoping for. Um, Raslan, I I really, I I totally agree with, you know, the the, the issues about letting go and delegation. Uh, To me, I can really relate to, you know, that shift in focus where you're you're down in in the trenches and, and moving up again. And Ashbjorn, you really had uh, some some great insights about uh, you know building the right organization and and I think to to Rasran's point about delegation, um, you know it's it's uh, I think it's a different game uh, being a leader. Uh, the, you you were touching upon this right, so it's like we all learned this trade, but now all of that we don't get to use anymore. Now we 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 have to learn a new trade, which is management. So it's it's a it's a change in mindset. You know, engineers are often accustomed to a, a problem solving mindset, focusing on the technical solutions, while you know leaders they need to develop a more strategic mindset. And that brings us to Espion's point about you know uh, you also have to think about building the right organization and getting everything to work together, right? So, uh, so I think f- for me, moving that focus away from solving problems and 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 into enabling others to solve problems, you know, that that requires very different skills, you know, interpersonal skills and and communication skills and 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 not thinking about uh, what we're doing, what we're trying to solve, but but how what what would others need in order to solve these problems. So, so thanks. Really, really good insights, guys. Yeah, thank you, guys. And cheers, Kim, for such a fantastic conclusion of, of all the answers there. We're going to go to Razvan's question next. And he wants to know what was the drive to becoming a leader instead of continuing as an individual SME? I know Kim and Razvan have kind of given somewhat of an answer to this already, but over to you, Razvan, for, for some context. Um, I mean, it's, um, it's a common question that I ask um in in the company we, we're growing fast which means that we always are in in in, in the lookup for new leaders uh, to help us uh, grow our teams so um you know there's a lot of, of internal evaluations and discussions when it comes about becoming a, a manager or you know future leader but the one question that i'm always asking what is your drive what why do you want to be a leader um is it because it sounds like it's the best next thing for you is it because you like helping people? Is it because what is it? So that's why I was curious because there's always so many inspiring answers that people share, uh, and I heard so many good stories. So I was curious to see uh, what are the stories behind Kim Zavier and Asbjorn's uh, decision of becoming a leader. It's a great question, and Demir, you have the pleasure of going first this time around. Yes, thanks. So uh, great question. I I think bef- before uh, be- becoming the manager. Um, I, I, as I mentioned, I've been part of the of, of this company for for five years and in in different roles. And and one thing that I realized is that that both myself and and my colleagues would always have sort of either complaints or say if 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 it was up to me, we would do things like this. We would do uh, we would do this. We would improve like this. And and, uh, and now I actually got the opportunity to to do something about it. I like when when I got off, uh, offered uh, to lead, lead the team, and I thought, okay, now I can actually try to to implement um, some of these uh, these ideas and and improve 
of how we work. And 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 the way I see sort of uh, leaders is is you can either take up on a leader uh, role to to improve the team and and actually do something about, or I can also see some leaders are just becoming leaders to sort of get on that next step. Uh, and that wasn't definitely not not the case for me. It's 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 to actually do something uh, that that I feel fa- passionate about and that I use sort of five years of uh, of my life to to work at and. Just as so, from from a personal point of view, um, I also saw it as a, as an opportunity to to grow in my in my professional career, um, and and to try new things. To to be honest, that's uh, that's sort of basically my uh, yeah my thoughts. And uh, Espion, I can see you have a comment or a question. Yeah. So, yeah. so have you had the ability to make that change? So, uh, yeah. people complain, and uh, <laughs> if I had my way, I would do it this way. So, have you had the opportunity to actually make that positive change, or are you on the way to uh, uh, to do that? Have you experienced that you have uh, the impact or the mandate to actually uh, achieve that uh, yeah. that uh, that what you wanted? Yeah, that, that's that's a good question, and definitely not not for everything. So so otherwise, it, like you would say, everything is, is is running smoothly, and and there is nothing to complain. There is there is still stuff that that you can complain about, and still say that it's it's um, it's not implemented. Um, I, I think for the sort of the internal within the team, uh, some of the ideas we have implemented uh, fairly quickly, and sort of the ways of working, but but. Working as a as a UX designer company, you are so uh, sort of um, dependent on on others, as in in many other roles, and um, and especially with a company that that just had a had a huge merger and organizational change. Obviously, not not all of the ideas uh, uh, are or were uh, we were uh, able to to implement. So so no, that's uh, but but yeah, that's. Uh, there's the dream, and then there's the the reality when you actually start uh, working. Um, but but that's the interesting part, I would say. That that's sort of the, the journey, uh, and you click quickly. I think realize what is it that you can do something about, and what can't you do something about. Uh, I, I I think that's that's something we're we're working on in 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 the team now. Because as I mentioned, when I was just part of the team, you would always complain and say, "Why is this like this?" and what. Um, so now you can explain to the people why why things are either moving slowly or yeah whatever it might be. Thank you, Demir. Aspion, what drive or drove you to to become a leader then? So I mentioned earlier that the first one was not really a, <laughs> a question; it was more of a, of an organizational change that pushed uh, pushed me into that. So I think first is it it, it kind of comes natural um, to me. Which is also some kind of um, I see like a personal weakness uh, as well. Like when you have silence, so we need to have someone to to speak when there's uncomfortable silence. Which means that uh, if you kind of have an uncomfortable power vacuum in the company or, or things that needs to be done, uh, I feel compelled to go and uh, and fill that void and and fix that. So that's one of the the kind of drives of of just driving uh, uh, driving the task, driving the company forward. There's also a dimension of control in it uh, that 
maybe the higher in the hierarchy you are, the more control you have, and the more you can impose your ideas on uh, on the organization. Uh, kind of the drive as well. Uh, so that's that's one of the things, and and also kind of for myself looking forward and uh, what do i actually want to do what's the vision well the end game is to uh, to go and uh, out on my own at, at some point when uh, when i have the right idea and the right funding to uh, to do that to create the work environment and the life uh, work life that you uh, that you actually want so that's kind of one that's very kind of personal and and kind of an ego uh, uh, driver and the the other driver is that well you don't you don't actually work in a vacuum you work in a construct and an organization and uh, and being able to uh, create a work environment that is meaningful and sustainable for the people that you are responsible uh, for as well uh, uh, that's the big drive for uh, for that and then uh, kind of moving uh, from that individual contributor or subject matter expert to uh, um, uh, to a leader uh, it's also kind of a journey in life for me uh, so wh- why are you here so given that we are in it we like things and we like to build things in the end of the day what brings you happiness well that brings you some of the way uh, the other thing is building relationships rather than things um, so it's on that journey of what brings you joy in life in the field that you enjoy uh, and I find more and more that it's uh, across you get proud when you build things you get proud for about a day now you've worked for three months on a single problem now it's fixed it's it's production we do like this and I say okay what's next so there's work enough for the rest of your life, uh, but what brings you joy in the, in the wider uh, range of things are the personal relationships, and you get more chance of doing that when you move to uh, to a leadership role because that's much more on building relationships, interfaces, making processes work, and so on. So I think that's uh, that's kind of my drive, both from yeah. It's a fantastic answer, Aspion, and thank you for breaking it down for each perspectives as well. Kim, I'm going to come over to you before Razvan's going to wrap it up for us. Well, 15 years ago, uh, when I started out, uh, I think it was uh, the drive was just uh, ambition, you know, natural progression. Uh, a young guy, fresh out of school, you, you know, you want to do well and 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 don't care too much about being well. <laughs> and later on, you want to be well as well and do well, right? So, um, yeah, but, but but now, you know, 15 years later, it's, it's, uh, it's shifted a little bit. Uh, for me, it's about doing what I'm good at uh, so that I can be well while doing well. Um, and I found that uh, one of the things that I'm, I'm, I do well is I, I, I help teams figure out what to do and, and how to do it. Um, and not least... You know, have fun doing it, right? So, um, so you know, getting these obstacles moved out of the way, uh, understanding what the actual problems, issues are that are holding people back. Um, you know, I have I have this strong belief that everyone goes to work and wants to be a success, and wants to deliver on the tasks, and wants to succeed, right? But every day, 
you know, we are failing with stuff. And to me, you know, it's about figuring out, you know, why did we fail on that? Were the conditions not in place? Was the support not there? Was he the wrong guy for the job? You know, should we have had more people on that better direction? So, so for me, it's it's uh, it's about setting up these conditions for for the teams to succeed. Um, I touched upon this thing about problems and 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 solving problems is is really what motivates me. And and I found that uh, you know most problems turn out to be a, a leadership problem once you dive into them, right? You know, if somebody's uh, not delivering good quality, you know, if you follow it back. Uh, then at some point, uh, he's not been given the support uh, to gain the knowledge to be able to build that right quality, or he doesn't understand that the right quality is important or something. It's not somebody going to work thinking, I want to do shitty stuff today. That that I don't believe. So yeah, that, that's the drive for me. Be- before I, I wrap it up, if I could ask you, Kim, a question, because um, you mentioned you, know, you like um, helping teams to figure out uh, what to do and how to do it. Um, and I was very curious because there are so many leadership styles you can apply. Um, do you apply one style uh, working with your team or multiple? I, I was curious, how, how you know how do you go about helping the team in that regard? Um, well, I, I, uh, I can't help being curious. And, you know, I, I one of the things I think I, I do well is I, I see the things that are are not working, and then I have to be careful not to just point them all out. Um, but but I, I I'm curious. I become curious, and I think like, why is that not working? Why is this not working? So I ask a lot of questions, and I try to do it in a respectful way. And then I gain knowledge, and then at some point, uh, I, I I need to have a model in my head about you know how is this machine, and and you know why are we doing these things this way and that things those those things that way and. And, and and then I kind of kind of see see what there and and then I need to communicate it to the team and then the issue becomes I already have the solution in my head and if I just present that then you know the people are not going to be on board right so then I have to invest in you know asking those questions for the team you know the things that I found out that I think are weird you know why are we testing you know before we move it to this environment but then we're doing the same tests again later uh, you know it's stuff like that and 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 I have to do it in a uh, in a way where I don't point fingers right uh, just to help them become curious right uh, and then you know hopefully they hopefully they find a solution that's even better than the one I had in my head. So, yeah. so yeah. M- makes sense. And, um, and yeah, curiosity is a very good trait. And I actually, you know, I'm many times mentioning that uh, when it comes to leaders, but also people in general. So, yeah, great to hear. Aspen. I, uh, I tried that. I, that was very early in my uh, career, like 20 years ago, um, of that idea of uh, you need to facilitate that a team or a person uh, um, kind of goes through the same thought experiment and comes to the same conclusion that you have, right? So I, I, I tried that uh, and, and failed miserably at uh, at that point. So I had a new um, a new consultant uh, coming in at that point, and it was only and I tried kind of that that same thing. I had the solution. And I wanted to uh, to facilitate his learning 
by going through the thought experiments there. And it was only years after that that uh, that I, uh, you know, Friday by five years uh, later that he told me that uh, he actually uh, hated uh, or really disliked my uh, my approach to leadership at that point. Uh, because well, for him, at least, give me the, uh, if you have the solution, don't drag me through uh, that pain. Just give me what you have and then let's, uh, let's move on. So that was kind of the feedback that I got from him uh, several years later, uh, having a Friday beer. Uh, yeah. That's a good experience. <laughs> Yeah, just just a quick question on 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 that. When I mean, you said you got the feedback, did you say like five years after the at a Friday? But <laughs> like one of those, uh, yeah, yeah. Like I'm I'm thinking in general, how do you get feedback as a manager? Uh, like, have you have you had any experience that like while not waiting five years, obviously, but but to get like instant feedback? That's uh, I feel also uh, hard. Maybe in one to ones or. So, so well, that, that was a question for me. Yeah, yeah, you and in, in okay. general. Well, well <laughs> I, I, I can take that. So, uh, <clears throat> I think I came from engineering into more classical project management. Uh, uh, it was not Prince; it was one of the other kind of frameworks there. So you kind of think in uh, start to think in those uh, in those terms. Uh, very waterfall uh, model, and then uh, at, well, soon after that, the whole idea of uh, agile development and that thinking on building in so so Scrum and uh, and and these ideas, which if you can decompose what it tries to do is it tries to 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 create feedback loops in uh, in in your life, so when you then know how scrum works or the idea of of that you try to at least that for me is i try to build in these mechanisms uh in my life even though that i don't do scrum in in some cases it's still uh, setting up uh, situations to to do feedbacks uh, uh, feedback loops so you have on kind of tasks well you can do a daily scrum you get feedback there if you see that there is a problem you take it off and then you uh, get uh, feedback there so everything you do in your work life uh, try to figure out and set up uh, a situation where it's natural to uh, to do uh, to do that feedback uh, uh, loops and that kind of where i uh, i found that so you have that in in recurring one-to-ones those are yeah. also feedback loops that you uh, uh, that you have daily scrums feedback loop reviews retrospectives those are the feedback loops there so i'm not i'm not a uh, like an evangelist for uh, for scrum but i'm an evangelist for uh, for structuring your uh, your world uh, to have that continuous improvement uh, uh, both in the kind of personal relationships and in yeah. the uh, and in the work life yeah, yeah that makes amazing guys well Brasvan, over back to you for wrapping up um well first of all thank you very much for sharing your experience of, of and and the, you know basically the reasons behind becoming a leader um it was really nice uh, seeing similarities but also quite differences into the reasons behind why you wanted to become a leader uh, for example i can definitely tell that everybody here is highly ambitious and uh, and with with a desire to uh, to make a difference uh, you know jumping on 
you know, um, uh, doing, you know, growing, doing the next best thing for the organization you're part of. Um, but also different in the sense that, you know, Damir wanted to just uh, have the empowerment to change the things that he could see that uh, needs to be changed. Um, and then uh, as we are having, you know, the seizing control and, and focusing on building relationships with people um, all the way to, um, to uh, Kim's uh, point of um, uh, being there to help teams resolve uh, challenges, um, influencing through, uh, through uh, you know, not telling them what to do and how to do it, but uh, trying to ask probably the right question and giving the right uh, seed for the team then to get the inspiration to, uh, to move forward. So uh, quite inspiring. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you very much, Razvan, for that wrap-up. Demir's question's next. He wants to know what kind of support did you get or wish that you had gotten from your employer to better succeed in the new role? Um, Demir, over to you. What was your thinking behind this one? Yes, so so as I mentioned uh, for one of the first questions is that, that when I started in my role, uh, a lot of uh, change and shift in the organization has changed and, and all of the sort of plans that, that I had with, with my manager on, on how to um how to be sort of onboarded to this role uh, when when went out of the window and i was sort of i feel like left on my own to, to figure uh figure stuff out uh and i do realize that that there is no course i think where you can just go and say okay i want to become a leader and just take this course and uh, after a, a couple of sessions you you'll know what to do so i'm i'm just curious like what kind of yeah what what kind of support did you get from from your manager uh, or yeah, your leader uh, to to succeed in the, in this in this role. Thank you, Demir. Aspion, first questions with you. Um, yeah, I think I had uh, as you, Demir. I was thrown into the mix there. So mm. this is this is not this is a journey, um, and I've uh, I'm I'm thinking a lot about leadership organization and uh, and the interfaces there and uh, and I've done that through my whole career uh, as well because well much of it is in the uh, uh, scrum master and product owner roles you are never working in a uh, uh, in isolation you're working in a in a larger construct so much of leadership is in those small uh, facilitating roles as well. Uh, I think what challenged me uh, or what uh, I had problems with or needed support with is more is uh, was the transition uh, into a new organization, actually, uh, both with changing roles, but also into a new organization where you are bringing in principles and way of working that I had no experience in whatsoever, which is uh, the kind of idea of um, uh, of performance review and how, how do you sit uh, across for another person like a judge saying, okay, you did this correct, you didn't do this correct, this is mm. why I, I rate you as underperforming, so you're not getting your bonus this year. Uh, how to actually and practically uh, approach a problem like that was a huge challenge and, and still is a challenge for uh, uh, for me to do. And I'm constantly revisiting uh, uh, how I should, uh, how should attack that problem. 
So I think that's that's one major uh, thing that I would have liked to have uh, have had guidance in, which then leads into uh, an idea of uh, a mentorship. Now in our organization, we haven't had that idea, but having a senior, more senior, um, uh, experienced manager to guide you through these very practical problems uh, uh, would have been at least nice. I think that organization that have a construct like this will, will have a higher chance of, of helping their um, employees making that transition. The um, the last thing is uh, that I can think of on the top of my head is uh, the mandate. So you are moving into uh, into something where there is a uh, some expectations and a, and a, some kind of mandate and power structure there. What is that? And if it's not um, clearly defined for you, you need to go and negotiate that by yourself. So there are some loose uh, assumptions of mm. what it is your role uh, entails. But if it's not clear and if it hasn't been communicated clearly in your organization, then uh, that responsibility is somewhat passed to you that you now need to go and negotiate that with the interfaces you have if it's not clearly defined. So I think that was uh, in my current role now has been a uh, uh, has been a, a challenge uh, and is still uh, uh, a challenge uh, to carve out what is mine, what is yours. When uh, when are we having a conflict of uh, of, of interests here? Um, what is my de- decision uh, mandate? What is not my decision mandate? And of course, in organization, this is a constant flux. Uh, and needs to be able to be renegotiated, but uh, having that clearly defined and then moving and and, and changing these boundaries. Um, so that would have helped me uh, uh, making that transition into to current role of, of head of development. Thank you, Aspian. Uh, Kim, over to you. Yeah, well, um, I think the organizations I've, I've been in have been uh, good at, at providing some, some structured uh, uh, leadership programs. I've been through it uh, in Teleno and, and Net Company and, and uh, latest uh, Wideway as well. And of course, those leadership programs uh, uh, provide some some inspiration and introduce some useful tools and techniques, you know, to use in the leadership role. And things like the you know the Eisenhower matrix. I love you know, the the idea about situational leadership and and, and just. Techniques about feedback and, and, and coaching, uh, you know, maybe some of these uh, leadership programs even provided some role playing where you get to to do some coaching and, and feedback and stuff. So I, I think that's all really, uh, you know, interesting and 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 good support. But but I think the the most valuable thing I've gotten from these programs, I think, is the internal networking. Um, you know, have, having someone outside of my own department or division who's at a similar level, you know, trying to succeed in a similar role, uh, I think that's that's really um, that's really uh, very beneficial. You know, someone you can spare with uh, in in confidence. If you're lucky, you get a manager that you can be completely transparent with, and and where you can can you know be very honest about, you know, the the issues you're facing and and, and where you think you're lacking. But you know, usually you get into a, a leadership role by being promoted, and and you want to succeed and and do well, and 
and uh, you know sometimes it can be difficult to to say that you're struggling with some stuff so so uh, for me there it's been good to have somebody you know who's not a direct report and who's not my my manager that i can can uh, talk to about say like how are you doing those one-on-ones or or you know how how are you managing you know this and that yeah okay you are you're muted i'll I'll take it so it was uh, kind of here echoing uh, uh kim so i'm uh over the last few years uh kind of realizing that uh this is immensely helpful to uh to have that network uh so um i'm trying to establish that uh, not only in my own organization where you find okay here you have a person uh, similar level that you can have open discussion with but even outside my organization so my company has been through mergers and splits uh, as well so you find people around that you say okay uh, i can i can mirror him uh, so i still do like uh, i have a monthly uh, walk and talk with a former colleague uh, i have uh, two people uh, in uh, still in jersey telecom that we are now not a part of that we've split from that i uh, have a monthly uh, hour uh, coffee talk around that idea well one is having that personal relationship because you enjoy talking to each other and the other is that uh, that sparing of uh, i don't know if that's the english word but uh, but exchanging of situation and and uh, and mm. leadership practical uh, problems without kind of going over the boundaries of ndas and uh, and such but in generally how 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 are you going to attack these problems so i've i've kind of build up that network without having it being structured in the in in the company because it's 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 uh, immensely helpful uh, to um, uh, to talk to uh, to peers around us awesome prasvan have you got anything to add to today's question um i, I think it, i do um so in terms of you know what i got is in terms of support um i would like to start by saying trust i got trust from the get-go um, and that was great uh, because receiving trust, it was giving me the opportunity uh, to every time show what I can do <laughs> and learn um, as at the same time. And so for me, uh, being able to to give somebody trust uh, is crucial um, in succeeding, especially when it comes to leadership uh, role. Um, and that also open up for um, opportunities to build confidence because you know the organization the people around you trust you so you know the more you do the more you build the confidence and building confidence is also super important from my point of view for a leader uh, to show you know to, to to have the confidence that it takes to to run day to day um another one i would say that i got was recognition that the company um did not shy away to recognize my efforts um or um you know, the, which of course, going back to to confidence, it fueled even more um, that 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 you know I can do it, um, and uh, you know working harder, pushing myself harder, you know, is is just uh, what makes me a better better leader. Um, and then to the point that Kim and Asbin uh, talked about uh, network, I think I would just want to echo on that. It's super important, and I and I and I was lucky to get that as well. Uh, to have access to uh, to role models, the way I, I would call them, that you know, they are not uh, my manager, not the direct report, and you know, to to that quote and 
Um, but there are there were people that were influential, impactful individuals that you can learn from and ask and discuss and debate with. Um, and sometimes you can call them mentors. Um, but you know, a mentor would be somebody more of a of an official role. They were more just very happy to help uh, people. Uh, so that's why it's good to mm. actually have a network. So um, definitely something I got. And um, another point to say in terms of what I got was the personal development opportunity. Um, so I got it in terms of doing vendor training, bootcamp certifications, all the LinkedIn courses, uh, access that you can imagine to, to try to mm. hold things and, and learn from, from the internet. Um, and, uh, I was actually lucky to actually have the opportunity of doing simulations of various scenarios. How would you react if a person, uh, asked for an, um, um, a wrong salary level or somebody just feels unappreciated how would you react to that and then we do this uh role plays between the managers and leaders various leaders of the organization to put ourselves at very difficult situations to see how each would react one would be the the employee the other one would be the manager in the one-on-one situation and then going through various complicated situations and then adapting to uh to uh, how to react, you know, um, how to defend or not, or letting it go, or just listening more. So that's in terms of what I got. I would say kind of kind of a high level. Um, before I move to what I could have gotten more, maybe uh, you ask me and want to to say something. Yeah. So there was a question about this uh, this uh, extremely impressive setup, also that Kim mentioned uh, that the organization. Uh, uh, gives you uh, those scenarios and, and the ability to to fail in a safe space. Uh, there is that something that you have in your organization now that it, it's, it's driven by HR and you have all the competences to, to drive that, or is it something that you have uh, uh, kind of purchased from uh, from outside uh, outside the company? It's a good question. Um, when I started as a manager, we didn't have it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we basically learned that we needed, so we built it in-house. We did not buy it. We did not get anybody to to teach us. We basically just said, you know what? We failed and we learned quite a lot. How about we just collect all those um, experiences and create a learning material for everybody else that is to, to become a manager, or they are already managers and they could just be exposed to, to the situations. Because the one thing... Everybody expects a manager to be on from day one, but not everybody has the experience that it takes to be a proper leader in day one. So, you know, having these kind of simulations, it's our hope that it can accelerate uh, the, uh, you know, absorbing faster um, various, you know, scenarios that could help you build up your experience faster. Thank you, Rasman. Demir, would you like to round off your own question? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much for uh, for the feedback. I think a lot of this goes back to what uh, what Asriam said is uh, like in terms of how your role is defined. If it's not defined, you need to go out and define it. And I think also when I thought about the question, I mean, yeah, there is support in terms of how you handle one to ones and so forth. But I think a lot of it for my case is like knowing the some of the internal procedures when you become a manager that you have no idea of knowing before you become a manager and that's i i, I think something you cannot take a course or or anything about someone needs to know like tell you okay now you're responsible for this as well so you need to use these systems for it 
uh, a lot of that stuff is is something that I needed to to sort of learn the the, the hard way. But uh, especially the uh, sort of internal networking and sparring is 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 definitely appreciative, and and that's something I I think I can do and do more of. So so thank you very much for uh, for the feedback. Oh, thank you for another great question there, Demir. <laughs> We're going on to our last question now, Aspion's question, where we've. We've already mentioned there's been a hint of it already, but how have you failed in leadership in a management role, and what did you learn from it? Pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. So, 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 Sam, sorry. Uh, actually, uh, I had prepared for the first question that I had, uh, which was ah. by which principles do you lead and manage? And I'm, I'm sorry to put uh, kind of people in the uh, on the spot on uh, on that one, but that was what I've uh, I've kind of I've prepared for. Uh, we can take the other questions, but then uh, then uh, I'm a, I'm a bit uh, less prepared for that. Um, what, what do you think, Sam? Well, it's up to up to these guys. Um, um, if you want to give us some context to the question, I have no doubt they'll be able to. Okay, I can I can, I can take both of them, and then we can uh, kind of choose which one we uh, we approach. Now, the the question that you that you posted first was how how have you failed in the leadership management role, and 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 what did you learn from that? And that was kind of my uh, my idea of. Uh, learning to be comfortable in uh, in failing. Uh, how did you actually uh, categorize this, uh, and uh, what did you learn from it? How have you then changed your uh, your style from that? Uh, because I have a, kind of a very personal interest in 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 those categorizations from from kind of systemic failures to uh, to experiments, uh, and uh, and and how you treat that in your organization, uh, because very fast in any in, in organization things fall behind schedule and fingers start uh, start pointing right and then like kim mentioned you you asked the 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 whys of why have we failed uh actually to go down to kind of a, a, a root cause uh, cause problem but that was my my first one and the second one which was by which principle do you need to manage it was more kind of uh, how do you take your personality and and how you work and then uh go going from a uh, uh, from a contributor to to a leader how uh, how how do you then uh, uh use your personality in uh, in that um so that was kind of that uh, that idea can we get to go in the deep end here and uh, get the opportunity to answer first well okay i'd, I'd like to uh, echo you guys on the failures i think uh, well i think i've done them all basically uh, and i will hopefully learn from them right uh rasvan i think you're uh, uh, you really hit the greatest hits uh, you know with the uh, delegation and and micromanagement and and they're they're also somehow intertwined right because uh, you know if you micromanage you're not uh, delegating and 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 yeah, then you are you are building up that motivational debt where, where people are, uh, are not really uh, motivated because you're you're telling them how to do their job. Um, that strips them from their their autonomy, right? Yeah, when it comes to the the leadership principles, uh, I, I have this uh, you know uh, I have this thought, this idea that this belief that everyone goes to work trying to do their best. Uh, and I think my job is to put conditions in place for them to succeed. So so that's that's kind of how I think about uh, the team and every day. And I try to remember that everyone is different. So understanding where they are, 
in in the role they are is it a new role or are they they confident in the role and 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 also trying to understand then what what they need uh, each of them i think that that key understanding that they're all different and then uh, the last thing i would like to mention is just being close to the team uh, you know you you need to be close to them you need to understand what's going on uh, and 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 understand how they're doing uh, to to spot those things where they need your help um yeah, then just always striving to get feedback. That, that, that would be my input. Thank you, Kim. Rasvan, over to you. Um, well, what I can share is that, you know, what I what I learned is that you fail a lot uh, as a leader. Um, there, there's plenty to fail on. There is, and But what I learned is to fail fast and learn fast from it. Uh, so, you know, I could talk a lot about failures um, because there, there is plenty of opportunity. Um, it's not an easy role. And... For me, I'm always saying the main reason why it's not easy is because we grow up being uh, technical individuals that are thinking very um, um, objective and 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 you know just dealing with code to put it like that, right? And um, and then you have to deal with people. So out of a sudden, you have to understand how people's mind work, how to talk with people, how to influence people. So you have plenty to fail uh, when it comes to out of a sudden working with uh, with people. Um, but to, to mention four of the things that I failed with, I would say that um, it was, I think it might have been Kim that mentioned, uh, you know, um, went on Google and then took the top five uh, things to ask people in a one-on-one. I did it myself as well. Um, um, so um, that's one of the, the failures that I started with uh, by creating my uh, checklist of asking people and nevertheless of who it was, I asked the same question, wrong. You, you do not do that. Um, so that was one of the failures that I learned a lot from, um, was my first first experience in, in you know, running one-on-ones. And I got so much learning out of, you know, being literally curious about people everybody needs to discuss in a different way they need different contexts um and different frequencies and so on so you cannot fit everybody into one uh, framework basically um secondly i'll say in terms of failing um micromanagement done it as well um was uh, was part of of uh, of doing it not intentionally it was not it's not something that i planned to do but it's something i realized i was doing um and and basically i realized I was doing it by the fact that the team was losing motivation because I was micromanaging the team, right? So that's that's basically how I learned quite fast by by seeing um, how the team how the team is like. You know what? Well, Rosman is going to anyways have an opinion, and Rosman is going to take this final decision anyway. And why would I care? Why would I push myself into doing it? You know, if if I don't finish, he will finish it, um, or he will correct it, right? So done that kind of mistake as well learn from it quite a lot uh never again um but you know done it um which also then you know went to the other one of you know i I talked about you know delegation but that was also a mistake not delegating fast enough or learning how to delegate and then becoming a bottleneck even being called a bottleneck right um because you also, you know, your ambitions, we talked about everybody here on this call, it's ambitious. You want to succeed. You want to do the right things. You want to have a high level of quality, um, which means that you feel that you have to do it. You feel it's not doesn't mean you're right. So, you know, I, I myself made myself a bottleneck and then slow down progress, operations uh, or opportunities. Uh, so, again, lots of learnings that I got of that. Learnings like making sure you empower people, making sure that you 
you can trust people as I was trusted, you know, learning, um, you know, how to how to motivate and, and create new roles. Many times, you know, over time, I learned that uh, by making sure you're not a bottleneck is basically creating opportunities for others to grow, opportunities for departments to extend, introduce new roles and, and new positions, uh, which is just basically in the end, a growth of a department or a company. And last point to mention is, that I failed at is learning to have a good balance between uh, just uh, uh, focusing on work and learning to refresh. You do need to refresh. You do need to take breaks. Um, you do need to just go away and get inspired. Um, and and you need that. I learned that I have my rhythm of work hard, but also take breaks properly. Right. Um, so I didn't know that I, I was pushing myself probably to the limits. And there were moments when then I learned by design that, you know, I had to take a lot of breaks and, and, and it was, you know, less traveling for me, for example. And this is when I realized, oh, out of a sudden I'm more efficient. I actually have to take care of pushing myself because while I'm doing it, probably I'm not doing it as efficient. Um, so, uh, that's when I learned to take care of myself. Um, you know, one of, one of the, you know, mistakes that I, that I've done and then also learn to make sure that uh, I have a good rhythm in life. Thank you, Razvan. Today, we're going to come to you before Ashbjorn closes us. Yeah, thanks. I can uh, definitely concur on, on everything that, that Razvan mentioned, especially I, I have that sort of being, being the bottleneck as well. Uh, as I mentioned, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of manager, but, but also contributing hands-on. And, and I think sometimes uh, I don't, whether it's a delegation, but but don't plan or um, I say set the expectation of what I should do and what I expect if I'm working on a project with someone from my team, what they should do, and then you become a, a, a bottleneck because you have some other uh, obligations as well, uh, being being a manager of the of the team. And I think this is this is maybe specific to to designers because we 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 tend to like if if you start on design you you treat it as your sort of your baby and then it can be hard to to sort of uh, sort of let go. Uh, so that that kind of uh, sort of failure I I definitely can um, can just do. Another thing that I was thinking like very specific thing is is fairly quickly when I became a manager I needed to hire for a for a new position. And I felt it, it went on for a while. We couldn't find the right candidates so forth. And, and then when we did find the, find the candidate, I, I just wanted to, to hire the person. Just said, well, even, even though that, that person had a three months, uh, notice. Um, and, and I said, yes, let's just, uh, let's just, uh, end this. And then two weeks before the person needed to start, uh, they called me and said, well, uh, I'm staying in my company. And, and I, and I think like it's, it's difficult to, to know that that, that kind of stuff can happen. But I just think as, as a manager, I think I could have spotted this, uh, earlier, um, if I, if I wasn't so eager to, to find a replacement um, so I, I i think i learned to that i need to be more and more maybe critical when when assessing candidates um, and also being able to take the time that's needed if it's for a long-term uh, replacement or a new role and then if, if it's if we have some tasks right here now to have maybe an external uh, consultant uh, help out and and for the second question which was like uh, leadership principles and and to be honest i'm 
still new in this and so forth. But one thing that I that I know uh, that that I was sort of thinking when when uh, when I was offered this role is is being honest, uh, being honest in everything, in in feedback, in when we were hiring new people, just being honest. This is what we are working. This is how our procedures are. This is where uh, a new person could help. Um, and I actually got a lot of feedback on that uh, from from candidates that we eventually didn't hire. Is is just sort of being uh, being honest uh, in 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 terms of everything with with the team. Um, so that that I think is is sort of one of the principles that I'm that I'm at least trying to uh, to to go by. Raswan, you had a question comment. Um, well, I realized I did not mention anything about the principle, um, but um, what I wanted to say is that um, I I've concluded that I don't apply one principle. I apply around two or three principles um, in terms of leadership, um, and it depends on the context and the situation. Uh, so it's about ad adapting to what kind of uh, of leadership principle you need to do. So, for example. You know, there's moments like COVID happened when you cannot really put a democratic leadership principle or you cannot really put an FSR, you know, like let, you know, the teams figure it out. You kind of had to apply a little bit of a more authoritarian um, um, leadership principle, not something to be proud of, but something that in situations like that, you know, it's a little bit of crisis. It, 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 it provides the efficiency of moving forward. Um, so in that, you know, I, I mean, you know, I, I, I cannot not say that I haven't used such a principle. I have used it, you know, when, when the situations came to that point. Not proud of, but have used. But then moving in between strategic or visionary uh, type, of, type of leadership um, principle. And I realized that my principle moved as I build more experience, you know, moving from a very um, coaching, for, for example, type of principle to, as I mentioned, visionary. Where then you know it's about motivating teams, giving them the north star, talking about the future and the transformation it requires. So the com my conversation became more educated the more I learned about how to be a good leader. So that's why I just wanted to share that it's not just one, but you can probably use more depending on situation. Thank you, Aspiral. <clears throat> if you would like to to close off uh, both the podcast but your question as well. Uh, yeah. So I am very much on uh, on on Team Demir uh, when I kind of thought on this. Uh, now I have don't be a dick, be honest, treat people with respect. That <laughs> the base foundation, which uh, which also Kim he echoed in in his kind of base principle that uh, you expect that you have competent people that want to uh, to contribute. Uh, so I very much uh, echo uh, echo that. Um, my my personal so so that's that's kind of my 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 mantra. You cannot go wrong with that. Uh, if you then kind of go into a more uh, like defined role, I've, I've thought, well, well, I shouldn't put on a face for doing this. I should be myself. But what is what is mostly uh, uh, kind of aligned with that, and that's that's kind of the servant leader role. Where uh, you 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 set it up for for other people to uh, to succeed, and you see uh, that you don't kind of uh, push, but you acknowledge the organization, you acknowledge the needs, and then you uh, you try to lift every everyone else up. That's the kind of principle that I that I uh, that I aspire to. I think. Uh,
mostly. Uh, I would like to echo you, uh, Raswan, which this uh, kind of crisis management where you need to step into a role where saying, okay, this is what needs to happen now. Uh, that is uh, that is a principle to employ in certain uh, situations. So you have a BCM. Um, uh, I have a, yeah, you have a, like a, a BCM situation, a business continuity management. You are in a crisis mode. You have servers that are failing. Uh, for example, what do you do in that? Well, you take out your crisis management uh, uh, book here and say, now we go in that direction, right? Okay, you made a mistake. Now you don't fix it. You take and you take a step back. Don't touch the keyboard, and then we uh, we kind of go into crisis mode. Uh, we have someone uh, making the uh, customer comms and so on. So that's a different principle that you need to employ in in these situations that are in, in high crisis mode. And and these are fun and and, and maybe even a podcast of its uh, of of its own. Uh, another principle that I've, I've kind of looked at is is maybe like the, the the search for consensus and when you need to go from consensus to action. Uh, so I, I have like a, a, a toolbox of things to employ in, in, in different uh, areas like uh, this uh, commit and execute. So you specify a time where it's, own, uh, it's open discussion. Uh, once that discussion has been uh, made, you take that into account and then you commit and execute, which means that you, you don't necessarily have to agree, but you need to acknowledge that that is the decision made by the organizational hierarchy and then you uh, then you execute. So that was kind of a, 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 a like that. Um, or what, what principles, what do you think about uh, leadership? And again, you take, uh, well, one, you you are yourself and how do you reflect that in your leadership and what tools do you have to uh, to to take down from the shelf in in, in certain uh, situations um yeah so on the kind of on the failure uh, side what ha what have i learned uh, from myself um one is uh, like this this is again from from kind of the performance rating and uh, and that uh, how impactful it is on on the people that you uh, uh, that you're responsible for uh, if you give a subpar rating. Uh, so what I've realized is that you can. Uh, uh, so that this is very specific for for performance rating and, and kind of judging people. So one, you can set up a stage where we go through examples of. Uh, of um, behavior that is uh, that is what you want, or situations that were less than desirable, and you can you can kind of build that accord with the person. So yes, we did this. We could have done that better. We agree, and then you say, okay, this is why I uh, I I do this performance rating, and then it flips on its head because then you are immediately from having a conversation that is positive to a conversation that is negative. And from that, I've had uh, uh, people quit uh, uh, on me. So, so realizing uh, how impactful that uh, uh, that situation is when you're sitting and judging and other people, or, or that you create a situation where people feel judged. 
uh, and then uh, and then uh, uh, kind of the the motivational debt, as as Kim is saying, from uh, uh, from that. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Raswan. I was curious if this experience of like you know learning that you can lose somebody if you're maybe frank and honest with the performance review. Did it make you be more soft with the performance review, or did you just kept the principles and and accept the fact that some people will not be happy with what you have to say? I think what in in my experience, uh, one of uh, in, in the situations that I've had is that the actual performance review, the actual words set, what was correct, what was uh, desired behavior, what is undesired behavior, all ex all is accepted. But once you put a number on it that has a certain impact and that is that is what you should uh, should uh, should mind uh, so there is uh, one is personal development and the other one is kind of fitting that into the wider organization and what that means to your self worth and when you go and uh, and match yourself to your peers uh, in that situation that that has a real impact uh, and that that lasts for for a long time um, and, and can damage relationships as well. So that is one of the places where I, I kind of definitely uh, uh, have failed there. Um, uh, on the wrap up, um, at least from my side, Kim, I really like that uh, motivational uh, depth. Uh, I, I haven't thought of it that, uh, that way. Uh, so I, I will steal that and I will use that uh, in my day-to-day -day work, that idea of, of building up not only technical debt, but every time you uh, kind of diverge from a path, uh, from, a, from a given path, you you uh, you lose a bit of, of motivation. I really like that one. And uh, I think uh, on uh, uh, Damir as well, your comment about hiring is something that I can, uh, I've, I've done uh, many job interviews uh, but I don't feel competent in that uh, <laughs> in that uh, in that area I haven't found the kind of uh, at least situation where I feel comfortable uh, uh, that and I've tried many things I've tried testing I've tried to uh, to set up uh, like a case study I've uh, I've tried just my my gut uh, gut feeling and and in the end uh, I I don't think if, if I look at the the kind of job interviews that I've I've done I can't correlate that any of the things that I've done to uh, to success <laughs> so I've had success and failure in each in, in, in kind of each of those um, of those uh, areas maybe I've learned here where I failed where my gut feeling was that's the wrong person and at that point i should have uh, i should have listened to that gut feeling when you have the positive gut feeling of i want to hire that person be uh, acknowledge your own biases because you mirror yourself in uh, in in uh, in another person so so just be uh, be conscious of your of your bias in uh, in that case. So thank you, uh, uh, Kim and Rasman and, and Damir for your excellent excellent uh, questions there and, and and answers. And we'll leave it there for today. This has been the Evolution Exchange podcast. I'd like to take this opportunity to thank Rasvan, Kim, Aspion, and Damir for providing their insights into the topic and the fantastic questions. And of course, thank you for listening.
if you would like to get involved in one of the upcoming podcasts, reach out to me on LinkedIn or by email at sam.williamson at evolution-nordics.com. See you next time.